Welcome to Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are Fran Path Consulting. Hey, Brett. Hey, Sam. How are you today? I am doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing really well. It's an exciting week for us. We are thrilled to announce that we made our first hire. So we are feeling Woo! good today. Yeah. It, it really does feel like a massive milestone for us and one that we really didn't plan in our in our very carefully crafted game plan to have until next year. So being three quarters ahead of that is, it's pretty outstanding. It is. It's really exciting. I think, I think a couple of, of lessons that I take away from that. Number one is there's a few things that we've said, ah, we can handle this ourselves. And we've realized <laughs> very quickly that no, actually we cannot handle that ourselves. We've got a meeting at the end of the week with somebody to do all of the accounting stuff full time. Um, so things like that, we realize, okay, outsource the things that you're not an expert in, but it's also so exciting to see the level of growth that we've already experienced to need a full-time support person. That, I mean, outsourcing the accounting is huge because I do not want us to get arrested. I mean, that is just one of my number one goals. So we definitely <laughs> cannot be in charge of paying taxes. But I think the other thing for us is, you know, we were very spoiled in our previous position having a fantastic admin team behind us. And so just really looking for that right person to help us kind of be a jack of all trades behind the scenes. And I think we found her and we are just so excited to have Heather on our team and, and really have her grow with us. So it is, it's very exciting to be not just the two of us any longer. I know it is exciting. I think we've each been part of working for with entrepreneurs and startups before, and it's always fun every time that you get to grow the team and it will be so much fun to just pour into her, help her grow as we grow. And also she, she's going to teach us a lot. So I'm really excited about all that she brings to the table. Yes, as am I. And speaking of bringing things to the table, we have double trouble on the podcast today, bringing a lot to the table. We have Vice President of Franchise Development for Franchise Fastlane, Bobby Brennan, and we have Senior Director of Franchise Development at Franchise Fastlane, Corinne Skaronsky, and also dual titles and dual trouble here. They are both franchisees of the all dry system. So welcome to the pod. Welcome guys. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. Great. Thanks guys. Looking forward to uh, talking more and always great to see your faces and congrats on the new hire, by the way. Thank you. So you guys worked with us at Franchise Fastlane great friends of ours as well. And I always like to preface that when we have good friends on the podcast, um, just a ton of respect for you both. But you both have interesting paths that led to being in franchise development and eventually becoming franchisees. If you guys can both kind of walk us through briefly how you ended up in the franchise world, that would be awesome. And Corinne, I'll start with you. Sure, sure. Thanks, Sam. Yeah, my, my journey has been an interesting one. I, I've been a corporate America girl 
through and through the bulk of my career, really up until 2017, where I just hit this massive level of, I can't do this anymore. Uh, the grind was hard. I was being forced to cancel personal plans and commitments. And I just said, you know, what is my time worth? So I ultimately resigned from my role in corporate America. I went and traveled the world for a year as a reboot and a refresh and took stock of what really meant what, you know, where I wanted to go next in my career and came back with some clarity. And ultimately it was growing and scaling. And so I got into franchise development. I love taking things from infancy and making them bigger and seeing them grow before my eyes. And so I've been in franchise development four years now, all with Franchise Fastlane and uh, proud to be working on Aldry and now an owner as well. Awesome. You were one of the early employees and, and I think you and I started, you know, three or four months apart from each other and it's just been so fun to watch you grow in your development role. So, so happy to have you here today. Bobby, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? You're one of the old dogs too at Franchise Fastlane. So tell us your path in franchising. Yeah, thanks, Brett. And uh, again, thanks for having us on. It's always uh, great to talk to friends, but also to, to share our story. But mine's kind of the opposite from Corinne's. I was fortunate enough to, I say fortunate, graduate uh, during the 2008-2009 financial crisis, got my business degree and was going to go work for a Fortune 500 company. And all of a sudden, people were getting laid off left and right. And I, I thought to myself, that's going to be me in 20 years. Little did I know that would have been 10 years with the pandemic. I wouldn't even have made it the 20 years. And I just, I, I asked myself, I talked to some mentors, you know, and said, hey, well, what would you do if you're in my shoes? And they said, listen, you know, life happens at the edge of your comfort zones. And that's, you know, we'll get into that more. But I just said, man, I'm going to take a risk. Uh, now's the time to do it. I got plenty of time on my side. And I happened to get on with a startup franchise. Sam and I, uh, that's actually how we originally got connected um, was through this franchise concept. But during the financial crisis, people are losing their jobs, losing 50% of their 401k. I decided I wanted to sell expensive nutritional supplements and vitamins. Sounds counterintuitive, but we had a niche and I started with one of the first franchisees in that system, opened up the first large market for them as a you know, 22, 23 year old that knew nothing about business, but it was the best learning experience I would have never done if you told me how much work it was going to be. Uh, so I got into franchise at a fairly young age and we scaled that to over 60 locations with the franchise group I was a part of. And then I kind of saw the writing on the wall with Amazon being a millennial. I've been ordering off Amazon since I don't remember eBay or whatever it may be. So I saw the opportunity to exit and did a couple stints in starting my own companies, um, working for corporate America and really quickly realized I am not the one to recreate the wheel. I'm a playbook guy. I'm very competitive. So those two things fit in very, very well in franchising. And since then, I just really haven't left. That's incredible that you guys scaled to 60 locations. I mean, what a ride to be part of that in your early 20s. And so now you're at Franchise Fastlane. You get to work with some incredible brands, but I'm really excited to talk specifically today about All Dry. So tell us a little bit more about the All Dry model. Yeah, so we'll dive right in, pun intended, uh, with All Dry. <laughs> uh, we are, All Dry Services is a water and mold remediation company. So if you're familiar with any restoration companies that will come in after your basement floods or a big storm or a pipe burst or someone has mold, essentially we come in and get to be the, you know, hero to the homeowner and save them from nasty gunk, fire, water, smoke, mold, whatever it may be. We're essentially an emergency services company. And we actually handle a lot of the insurance claims for our customers. So we'll handle all that so they can really focus on getting back to normalcy. And we handle 
removing any of the damaged uh, materials in their home. Um, but essentially we manage all that through the franchise itself, um, a couple employees, but we, you know, competitors in our space might be Paul Davis, Surf Pro, who've been around for a long time, but all dry is a little bit different in that we only do the tear outs. So what a lot of people don't recognize is a lot of these other companies do both the tear out and they'll do the rebuild. And for insurance agents and even homeowners, that can be a conflict of interest. Why you ask? Well, because if I get paid on building something back, I have an incentive to tear out more. So essentially, all dry services is trying to come in with more transparency, transparency, excuse me, in the in the industry, but also bringing a level of customer service that kind of like what we did with you know the brand I was a part of in the retail segment. We sold the same products. We do a lot of the same things other people do, but we do it in a way that is a white glove treatment with a lot more transparency than what the competition offers. And that's how we get a lot of our businesses doing it with those kind of principles in mind. That is such an interesting differentiator and one that I don't think that I even recognized about All Dry. So thank you for bringing that to our attention. And obviously it is taking off like wildfire out there. So it is resonating with people. So Bobby, you work with all of the candidates that Corinne brings after discovery day. So you're kind of getting them at the end of the process when they, they really are sold on the business. So can you tell us a little bit about what they're seeing and loving? And then also what type of candidates are you really looking for in the all drive business? And Corinne, please feel free to chime in on this as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I like to say my role is I'm the world's worst closer compared to Corinne. Corinne does the hard work of educating people. My job is to make sure they know what to expect at the events and what the process looks like afterwards. But I'll be honest, and Sam, Britt, you guys, we've all been in franchising a long time. If someone needs to be sold, they're not ready and they shouldn't buy the franchise. And I tell them that you haven't finalized your due diligence or you know what, this just may not be the right fit for you. Before the 300 plus locations that we've awarded already, you're right, Sam, it really has been taking off. And what a lot of the folks are aligning with and why they like the brand is the simplicity, scalability, and the fact that this is not big brother breathing over your shoulder. They allow you to really have some autonomy in building your franchise. They're going to give you the tools and the roadmap and the blueprint. But at the end of the day, it's your business to execute at a local level. And let's be honest, that's why the franchisor only takes 7%. They're not doing the work for you. But really those key things and the fact that it is a really relatively low investment. You know, in, in most cases, you can get all in under 200 or 150,000 to get your business started. And the financial returns are pretty staggering when you see the industry because everything is being made cheaper than it was before. Um, weather events are happening more and more. You see what happened in Texas the last couple of years with these freezes and grid outages and, and you know, burst pipes and things. That's happening more and more frequently. So there's never been a bigger need for a company like All Dry, and the fact that we come in and provide white glove treatment um, and just a differentiator. Our branding is phenomenal. So if you guys haven't seen Puddles, our mascot, uh, we have a lot of duck puns and join the flock, dive right in, get your feet wet, all those kinds of things. The branding's second to none, but really I think a lot of people are just resonating that it's a scalable model. It's very simple, a truck and a couple employees, um, and they can literally launch from signing their franchise agreement launch in as quickly as 30 days. And people absolutely love that. And let's not forget flexibility and freedom, because that's the other thing that a lot of these people come looking for is, how do I create more time for myself or my family? Or, or how do I get to diversify 
And the all-drive model really offers both the semi-absentee and the owner-operator model. So that flexibility is core for a lot of folks. Yeah, flexibility is something that we're hearing a lot about. Even even if someone's going to be an owner-operator, they still want flexibility to take their kids to school, to coach Little League, whatever it may be. They still want some flexibility to golf with their buddies. I mean, let's let's keep it real. It could be beyond kids that people want flexibility. Um, so Corinne, as you're taking people through the process, like who is it that you're looking for? You mentioned that they can be semi-absentee or owner-operator, but who makes for kind of that ideal franchisee profile? Ultimately, I'm going to say it's somebody who wants to learn. It's somebody who wants to create new opportunity from themselves. I work with a lot of folks that are, you know, both I work with two primary segments, white collar corporate America folks that are looking for other options to eventually make an exit out of what they're doing today. And I work with a lot of, uh, you know, gritty service-based folks too, people that touch the housing market, real estate agents, insurance agents, people that have general contractor businesses. So it's really twofold. Awesome. It sounds like it can be a great opportunity for a lot of people, but I'm curious to hear why it was a good opportunity for you. What caught your attention? Because you are a multi-unit, semi-absentee franchisee. So what made you kind of dive in, if you will, into this business? Absolutely. I got to a point as I was working on developing the brand and the simplicity was key, right? I own four territories in Minneapolis. I live out in California and as I got to know the brand and the founders, I saw continued innovation. That's something ultimately that I look for. Are they shaking up the industry? Are they doing something novel? I saw the performance of our franchisees. I really saw all my positive indicators with two thumbs up. And so I said, you know what? There's no reason I can't do this. It's kind of the why not me. And so I said, wait, Corinne, you could totally do this. And so I moved forward and created the opportunity because what I really felt was more flexibility and freedom, diversification and, and selling the dream is, is basically what it's all about. I want to continue to move into new places and spaces and challenges. That's so inspiring. And I love that. Why not me? And I do think that's how many amazing things start is with a why not me. And you guys are from all accounts I've heard doing fantastic in the, in the Minneapolis market. So Bobby, I want to turn that on you and I'll ask you the same thing. You know, you're part of the executive team at Franchise Fastlane and no doubt that you've seen hundreds and hundreds of brands come across the desk there. So really what stood out about this one for you? What was it about All Dry that you said, yeah, I got to have it, got to add that to my portfolio? Yeah. And let me be full, fully transparent. I love the All Dry team. I hope they hear this. They are not the best franchisor out there. They're great, but they're relatively young. And what I mean by that is they've got a lot of room to grow. They haven't been doing this for 20 years. They have a ton of industry experience and they know remediation inside and out. They've been great partners. And as Corinne mentioned, even in the, you know, the less than two years we've been partnered and working together, I've seen them add more and more value for the franchisee. So they're moving in the right direction. But I actually got to the one yard line with another brand that I work with. And just like, you know, you guys know, we tell our candidates, if you pause or delay, the brand may move forward with someone else. And I had that happen. I just paused in, in my, you know, excuse. I, I was having a baby and I just, my wife was looking at me like I'm crazy if I'm trying to buy a business right before we have a baby. And I said, I've got to pause. And of course I actually sold the territory to uh, another franchisee that was ready to go. And it was kind of that mentality that Corinne kind of mentioned, why not me? I couldn't come up with a good response to that. But at the same time, I knew I had to commit. 
It wasn't, I need to find the general manager. I need to figure this out. I need to commit because I know that I'll actually do it. So the model hit all the boxes for me, relatively low investment, scalable, crazy good returns. Um, and the fact that I don't need to be in the business. I'm working on the business. That was huge. The semi-absentee thing, you heard Corinne, who's managing it from thousands of miles away, myself included. I've not been on a job, um, not been on one job site since we started. My job is to build and scale a team. And really, the, like I said, the simplicity, the scalability, I think it's the fastest, or excuse me, the safest bet and fastest scale to profitability in the fast lane, personally. Um, and I just saw my skill set really aligning with their systems and processes, even though I know there's room to grow. Um, they'll get better and better as we get more and more maturity in the system and bring in great franchisees. But I saw the caliber of folks we're bringing in. I mean, there's franchisees that own, you know, boutique fitness concepts. There's ones that own massage concepts. It is probably the most impressive collection of franchisees that I've ever seen for a relatively new concept. And I kept seeing people open be successful and say the things that I needed to say that I just had to pull the trigger because I knew once I signed that franchise agreement, I'm going to figure it out. Plus my son was about three or four months old, so he might as well get his own job. So I was ready to get going at that point. <laughs> Putting him to work already. Got to, got to put him to work to earn that bottle. Right. Um, I really like a lot of what you just said. And I like the common the theme that you both have of why not? Why not me? Let me do this. Let me dive in because you are, you're on the phone all day long. You guys are doing 10 to 15 calls a day. I know you are. I've been in your shoes talking about this brand. So you're looking at it and like, why not me? And so I really love that kind of theme that you have here. So Corinne, you're thousands of miles away. You're obviously not managing the business day to day. You're killing it on the phones with candidates and telling them all about how excited you are about Aldry. So how do you manage it all? Who is managing the day to day? Tell us more about your team. So in addition, so one of the things when somebody launches with Aldry, it's very simple. They launch with one truck, one equipment package, one technician and a marketer. What I've added to my model to, to allow me more freedom and flexibility, because to your point, Britt, I am on the phone eight to 10 hours straight a day. I wouldn't be a great manager if I couldn't be a resource for my team. So at the forefront, especially being as far away as I am, I have a general manager, boots on the ground. He's working with the team. He's managing. He's coaching. He's a jack of all trades. So when he's you know getting a call, he's, he wants to be the face of the business. And that's how I want him to show up, is really being that brand presence talking to homeowners, working on the bigger partnerships, but also supporting and coaching the team to grow it. Yeah. Having that, that key person is important. And a lot of our clients, I would say the overwhelming majority of, of our clients are looking to be semi-absentee. They're what Bobby described of already multi-unit franchisees or entrepreneurs, or they're in big corporate jobs, you know, VP, C-suite roles. So they're looking for that manager. Can you tell me a little bit more about kind of either how you found that person or qualities you were looking for in that person? Any any tips you could give some of our clients on that? Absolutely. So if you're going to be more removed like I am, you want somebody who is a good coach and a good leader, right? Because they're the one developing the team. Um, you're usually empowering them to find the people that they're going to be coaching and managing. So they're actually building that team as well. Um, we found our general manager from corporate America. So through, you know, one of the things once we started, uh, once we decided we were going to sign the franchise agreements, 
we started putting the feelers out. Hey, we're creating these opportunities. Are you looking for something new? Because something that's important to my team is creating opportunity in market and building community. And so we wanted somebody that had those same values. And ultimately, uh, through some Zoom and coffee chats, we had a lot of conversations and we wanted to make sure those values aligned. We wanted to make sure that the person had a good track record. But then we said, OK, we, we feel like we found the right fit and we set them loose and things have been on fire in the best way since. And we're, you know, I guess I'm proud to share that we're three months in and we're already scaling up to get our second cruise on the road. And, um, you know, we've been just consistently booking jobs and it's just felt really, really nice to be where we're at so early on. Congratulations. That's so Thanks. exciting. What a huge milestone. And Bobby, I'm going to ask you the same question. You're obviously managing the business semi-absentee. We've said that. How are you doing it? Tell us a little bit about the infrastructure you have in place. Sure. So uh, if anyone's wondering, can this business be semi-absentee, Corinne and I are stress testing that uh, to the max. So let me give you a quick background. I've got a soon-to-be one-year-old at home. Uh, I think we signed the franchise agreement when he was five or six months. Uh, I This franchise fast lane, as Sam and Britt can tell everyone, is more than, is a 40 to 60 hour a week work, job um, in what we do managing various brands. And then I also have an e-commerce business that I run um, that you know is having the best year we've ever had. And I own rental properties. So literally I had very limited time. As you mentioned, I'm on the phones all the time. So I went out and found I mean, it's really easy to find people that want to clean, clean up mold and water damage, right? Overflowing toilet. <laughs> so I got someone who did software sales and said, hey, do you want to clean up, you know, uh, overflowed toilets and mold and, and storm damage? And I actually got someone, I kind of the opposite of Corinne again. Um, she went with someone with a lot more experience. I got someone who's a 25-year-old that was essentially, they had the right, the three eyes, as I call it. They had integrity, which is paramount to, to running a business, especially as a general manager to be semi-absentee. So literally i'm not in the business day to day they're influential and they're intentional in everything they do so those are the three eyes that i talk with my team about and my role truly is i talk to my my team basically on a daily basis even if it's a 10 minute call in the morning just a powwow we have a weekly meeting but they run the operations they go through training they know more about the all dry water mold fire any remediation than i will ever know that i need to know and I incentivize them in a way that we are all moving the ball forward. Um, I don't need to be on the jobs. They know what their, their tasks are. We set those kind of metrics each week and then we track them. Um, my role, I get to be fun. I'm kind of a data nerd. So I get to sit back and look at our conversion rates. I get to look at the Excel sheets. Um, my role is very um, behind the scenes, but I, I like to say I'm like the chief vision officer. My job is to build the people up, coach and mentor them. But my general manager is running the day-to-day. -day. He's the one hiring. He's the one making our daily decisions. I am hands off and I want to keep it that way. And that is my management strategy. Obviously, everyone has different ones, but man, it's it's been such a good fit because there's not nearly as many moving parts as so many other, either just business or franchise opportunities out there. There's just a lot less moving parts for us. And so it makes it easier for me to manage with a really, really busy schedule. I love that. And you said a word that I just, if you can, I would love you to just dig into a little bit more. And that's, I incentivize my employees. I have a lot of candidates right now that are really looking for that model that is going to allow them to continue the corporate track, at least for the short term, but also going to work for their employees to make them feel like they're a true part of that business. How do you motivate them and incentivize them? Whatever you're willing to share would be awesome, Bobby. 
Yeah, I think that's a great question. I've had a lot of conversations around this and everyone has different um, strategies on how to incentivize their employees. But for me, I, I always look at what is the end goal? What is the behavior that we wanna incentivize? You get what you incentivize. So if I wanna incentivize top line revenue, I'm gonna put an incentivizer, that's what you're gonna get. But also what are the unintended, unintended consequences of sometimes putting those incentives, both short-term and long-term? And I think that's where people lose sight is they don't think far enough ahead. If I incentivize this, what does that mean down the road? Uh, so for me, I have, a, I have a profit share plan built in that, hey, once we hit certain metrics, because I'm not involved in the day-to-day, -day, I can't and I don't want to be. So I have a profit share plan that once we hit a certain revenue threshold, hey, it's a profit share plan. And what I call is it's phantom stock. So on paper, if they quit on me, if they leave, they walk away from whatever they had you know, built into that equity, whatever they were vested. But on the flip side, let's say we sell the business tomorrow. I'm willing, after I net my cost out, I'm willing to pay them a profit of 10% or whatever that may be based upon the threshold they build. Because for me, if, if they're building the business for me and I'm managing them, there's gotta be some carrot at the end of the stick for them. There has to be, because otherwise they're gonna get burnt out because anyone knows building a business, especially if you're doing it semi-absentee, you are really relying on that key employee or that key hire or key GM, you've got to have them aligned in the same value. So I include them in all the financial discussions. They know what our, our monthly overhead is going to be. They know what we need to hit. And I treat them as if they're an owner from the start. Um, the reason I do that is that's how I was brought in. I was treated like an owner. I was given those opportunities and those payouts when we hit certain thresholds. And for me, it worked really well. And that buy-in for me, even though I was a minority, minority partner, I, I treated it as if it was my own business. And if you can get people to buy into your vision and feel like they're building a business that they're part of something bigger, again, chief vision officer is really, I want to build that vision for them of not only how is it going to impact our community, but how is it going to impact their lives and give them opportunities that corporate America would have never given them or would have taken significantly longer or, you know, a college degree. I, I don't need any of that for this business. I only need a good work ethic. I need, you know, integrity and I need people that are gritty. Woo! <laughs> I that was great. I am I am fired up. <laughs> that was fantastic. And I so appreciate you digging into phantom stock and incentivizing employees. And that is just so important for people to understand that you know you get what you pay for. And Brittany and I have said that a hundred times over on this podcast that any time that we have tried to go on the cheap for something, or maybe we'll pay a little bit less. It immediately shows. It is absolutely the things that we are then spending twice as much to replace. And I think understanding that getting that person in the right seat on the bus, I mean, that is just so motivating. Now, Corinne, obviously, you know, you're a little bit different because you're not in the market that your business is. So what role have you taken on in the business? How does your day-to-day -day look and, and what are you doing inside of the all-dry business? Yeah, so I spend a very small amount of time in the business. I, I would say I lean a little bit more absentee, right? And we just talked about price tags on good people and you get what you pay for. We pay a nice pretty penny for my time back and I probably put about five, sometimes seven hours a week in the business. Uh, you know, like Bobby, I have a, mo a, a Monday touch base with my team. We recap the week previous. We look at the week ahead and we talk about, you know, any approval moments, where we're at with scaling, 
what funds need to be released for leveling up and all those different things that come along with it. So I really handle the marketing communications and PR. So a lot of my time as you know, I'm freed up, I'll be doing some media outreach, getting us some high visibility, uh, you know, contacts in, in the community, some type TV uh, appearances, things like that, but things that'll build brand awareness for the Minneapolis market. The fun stuff. I do the fun stuff. The, it's Sam does too. Sam does all the fun stuff in our <laughs> business. I barely know how to work social media. And so thank God for Sam who does all the fun things and pushes us to do fun things like this. So I love that you're investing in your people. I mean, we can't encourage people enough in that. I'll get on the phone with the client and they're like, well, I think I could not have a salesperson and try to do that in addition to my full-time sales job. I'm like, no, go get you not only a salesperson, but a GM. So I'm so glad that you shared that from your perspective. Corinne, tell me, what is your personal compelling reason for being in franchising? I mean, you work for some major corporations in corporate America. You could have written your ticket anywhere. So tell me why franchising? What's your personal compelling reason? Ultimately, I love creating opportunity, right? You know, it, it, that's something within my control is through the brands that I represent, I get to help people challenge themselves move into a new lifestyle. Ultimately, that's why I do what I do. My journey, oftentimes when I share it resonates and people go, I want what you have. And it's not about what I have. It's about the lifestyle I've created. And when I help people tie together what they're going to get by the way they're investing in a brand, you're getting your time back. You're getting more time with family. You're going to be able to go gallivant in Europe for a month and check your emails and take the occasional call. People like that lifestyle. And that's, you know, to help people move into that, that's a pretty cool thing. And for me, I, I'm very grateful for the experiences I had in corporate America. But at the same time, I felt very limited in my creativity. And frankly, I wasn't leveraging my best skill set, which is relationship uh, building. And so being able to do that, that in, in tandem with changing lives is a very gratifying experience. That's great. Yeah, you've been able to really find a little bit of a balance, even moving out to the West Coast and just some of the things that we've really seen you do. I'm so proud of you. What about for you, Bobby? What's your personal compelling reason for franchising? So I'm going to go back a little bit here to a story. Uh, when I first opened up the first nutritional location uh, retail store in 2000, I guess uh, it was after I ran it for a year or two in, in Columbia, Missouri, I moved out to Kansas City, knew nobody. And um, I remember I was busting my butt and I told the owner, hey, I need more money. And, I, you know, I, I need this, this and this. And he said, Bobby, F-I-O. And I said, what does that mean? I was, I was, I'm ready to quit on this guy. He goes, figure it out. He goes, when you move up in an organization, who's going to tell you what to do? Do you want to be an entrepreneur or do you want someone to tell you what to do for the rest of your life? And that, I mean, this is going on, you know, 13 years ago. And that really stuck with me of just figure it out. And then, you know, that kind of converted into this, this theory. And I, I, I'm not the first one to quote this, but to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And, and I love that because for me, it's expanding your comfort zone and always learning, always growing and putting yourself out there. Because I mentioned it earlier, the exciting things in life happen at the edge or outside of your comfort zone. That's where the real reward is for everyone. But it's scary to get out there. And so for me, we go back to the why not me, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Every time I catch that, I've created this mental trigger to, to push forward, to run towards that, to attack those fears or whatever it may be. And for, for franchising, I wanted to create more opportunity. Um, 
I, I think I have some of those bugs that are serial entrepreneurs, but I'm not, a, I'm a, I'm a serial franchise kind of playbook guy because I don't want to start for something from scratch. I've done that before and I've made a lot of expensive mistakes. And so for me, I kind of was, I was, I don't want to say bored, but I was kind of ready for another challenge, something new. And I wanted to, I love building teams. Like that's where I live is mentoring and coaching and helping other people do things that they never thought they were possible of doing. So whether that be helping people get into franchise ownership and then high-fiving them when I see at the annual conference and they're a top producer, or that's my general manager who has never managed people, never ran a business, uh, never worked in water and mold, and he's coming out of the gate and he's absolutely crushing it and setting himself up as a 25-year-old in ways that I could have never imagined at his age. So for me, it's really... I guess getting comfortable being uncomfortable and I saw the opportunity and it really just aligned with my skill set. So I think I'll, I want to retire when I'm 40. Um, I say that my wife laughs because she says, you'll never retire. You're always going to find another project and something else to work on. So I love doing that and just being able to impact other people's lives, whether it be our homeowners, our customers, the franchisors, the franchisees, or just the employees that we work with, you know, and obviously now, you know, with a, with a son at home, that's, that's my driving force behind almost every decision that I make is am I doing what's best for my family long-term and to give me that time and flexibility that if I want to work when I'm 50, I can, but I also don't have to. And I can spend time with my kiddo and my family as well. It always comes down to the people. And, and that's the thing Brittany and I hear week after week. And we talk to these incredible entrepreneurs like yourselves and founders of businesses. And really it's echoed when you hear the personal compelling reason for franchising somewhere in there, it's about the people and serving people. And whether those people are your family or the clients you work with or the franchisees that you place, it really is this common thread. And man, that's why I love this industry so much because at the end of the day, it really is. There's so many amazing people in it. And that really has lent itself to us getting an amazing amount of great advice. And the last question we always ask on this podcast is, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? And I'll start with you, Corinne. This one is, is uh, it, it's easy. It's enjoy the ride. I think as somebody who's ambitious, I like to have my hand in a lot of cookie jars. I move at the speed of light a lot of times. It's go, go, go. Um, personally, professionally. And at one point I had a family member say, Corinne, I love how ambitious you are. Don't forget to to enjoy the plateau and coasting and, and the being there in the moments. You can always continue to go up, but take time to enjoy the plateau as you continue to move upwards and create new opportunities for yourself because you don't get time back. And that resonated with me because if you're always achieving, you're kind of missing the journey. And um, I think that's a really important thing because there's I know a lot of people that I talk to in a given day are ambitious and uh, it just it hits home pretty hard. And I try to work on balancing the achievements with being still and grateful for what I have and who I surround myself with daily. And I want to say, I think you do a tremendous job. I know you personally outside of a work environment. And I think you are, when I think of people that protect their personal time, protect their values, are not afraid to block their schedules and delegate, you are one of the very first people that comes to mind for me. So you have done a really fantastic job of building something, you know, in franchising in, in your personal life that I think you can be so proud of because I just want to give you a moment. That advice is definitely advice that you're taking. So kudos to you, you, my friend. Thanks. And Bobby, I would love to hear your best advice. 
Well, besides subscribing to the Fran Path Consulting podcast, um, that, that's obviously number one. <laughs> no, um, I, I, I <laughs> is number I two rating it five stars. Is that number yes, two? Yeah, number or, okay. five star. So, and then number, number three, three is telling all your friends. Um, no, I, I really think it's actually, it's changed for me in the last couple of years, starting a family. And I think a lot of people go through that shift of, you know, in my, in my twenties and even early thirties, I wanted to be the CEO. I wanted to start all these companies. I wanted to be X, Y, and Z and having a family that changed and is actually a candidate that I talked to that was looking at brand actually never even moved forward. That's, that's the best part about this. Great, great guy. But had built a, you know, $20 million financial, um, uh, business. And he told me, because he found out I had a son, he said, Bobby, schedule your priorities and don't prioritize your schedule. And I think for a good business owner and a good franchisee and really anybody in life, whether you're a corporate America or wherever you do this, taking that to heart, schedule your priorities, make your priorities number one. Don't prioritize your schedule because we all know we talk about, I'm going to do this on this date, on New Year's resolution, or we're going to schedule a vacation with your family. Don't do it. Tomorrow's not promised. So schedule your priorities. Don't prioritize your schedule over the things that at the end of the day are really going to be the big things when you look back on your achievements, your accolades. To me, it's going to be those small minutes throughout every day where you're sitting around with your kiddos laughing or you're talking to friends or reminiscing about, you know, old times uh, uh, with, with business colleagues or whatever it may be. But that's probably one of the biggest things as of recent that really struck a chord with me that I think Corinne, as you mentioned, is one of the best in the business at doing that. And she's unapologetic about it. And I appreciate that about Corinne. Some people may not love it, but she's very unapologetic that no, she is going to prioritize her schedule, her priorities, not the other way around. That is fantastic advice and from both of you. And just want to take a moment to thank you and just really appreciate you guys for being business owners and working in the franchise business. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to prioritize us today. We really appreciate that. Thank you again for having us on. What a wonderful experience. And you guys have created just something wonderful with the Fran Path podcast. I look forward to it on a weekly basis. So you guys tell a lot of great stories. So thank you for the time today. Thank you guys so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Have a great week. So if you'd like to learn more about franchising and diversifying your portfolio through franchising, email us at info at franpathconsulting.com. Follow the Fran Path Consulting Podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at FranPath. Facebook and LinkedIn at Fran Path Consulting, or go to our website, franpathconsulting.com to take your free business assessment. Mm-hmm.